0: On this episode of The Table of Content, we are joined by Tony Ciappetta. He's one of our contributors for We Are One Body Audio Theatre. We'll get the chance to talk with him, find out his background story, find out how he has come to be in We Are One Body Audio Theatre, and maybe what he's hoping to do down the road. Stay with us. That's all coming up next right here on The Table of Content. Welcome to this episode of The Table of Content. I am your host, Albert Sines. This is the show where we talk about everything happening with We Are One Body Audio Theater. And we are joined today by Tony Trepetta. Tony, thanks so much for being with us.
1: Oh, Albert, thank you so much for the invitation. Glad to be here.
0: We're so glad to have you on board and uh, so glad to get the chance to talk with you. And as a disclaimer to everyone listening to our podcast, uh, we're doing all this remotely uh for various number of reasons but one of the big reasons is we're still trying to work through this pandemic so trying to be safe uh so we give an extra out for uh, any extra noises you might hear home noises door slamming cell phones going off clocks chiming uh so that's uh this we're all kind <laughs> of this we're halfway out of the studio uh tony so let's just get right into you sure. uh you know i've read I've read your your bio, and I remember I got to meet you when you first kind of came into uh, the studio, and you were giving us a little bit of background. But can you sort of elaborate upon that for our listeners?
1: Sure. I uh, spent the better part of my full-time working years uh, in the field of public finance. Basically, what this involved was working with school districts, uh, municipalities, water and sewer authorities, and essentially walking them through the bond issuance process. Municipal bond issues are the primary way uh, that school districts and whatnot pay for large uh, capital improvement or infrastructure-type projects. So this involved uh, a fair amount of public speaking. I often found myself in a uh, conference room with a school board or a borough council, basically walking them through uh, the mechanics of how to issue their bonds and uh, borrow the funds necessary for these projects. And then over the years, we were involved um, with having exhibit booths uh, at conferences and I got invited to speak and make presentations at various conferences and serve on panels and the like. So when retirement finally rolled around, it was like, well, what am I going to do now? And um, I received a flyer in the mail. This is about four years ago now uh, from CCAC, Community College of Allegheny County, and I saw a course in there on voiceover. And I said, now that is very appealing to me. I uh, did a lot of public speaking when I was in my full-time working years. And I guess I consider myself very blessed to feel very comfortable with public speaking. Some people, the, the mere mention of doing something like that, they would just assume have a root canal.
0: <laughs> sure. You're, you're, that's, a good, that's a good example.
1: <laughs> um, so I took the course at CCAC and my instructor referred me to the folks at the audiobook program at Carnegie Library. And of course, unfortunately, since the pandemic, I've not been out there to Uh, produce any audiobooks for them since March, but I'm really hoping that they're back up and running shortly. But that's how I really got started, recording audiobooks for the Carnegie Library audiobook program. The Carnegie received a large federal grant, and they received money from the Allegheny County Regional Asset District, and they had to make a substantial investment in their recording studios. I mean, they have two professional uh, recording studios there and a sound console and all of that. And the reason why such a large expenditure uh, was required is because <clears throat> the, uh, the Carnegie Library Program is tied in with the National Library Service, which is in turn tied in with the Library of Congress. And so they have extremely exacting standards for the quality of their audiobooks. So that gave me my initial opportunity to gain experience recording uh, in a professional recording studio. And then um, I began to record audiobooks for Audible, which I do right here at home with my own equipment. And um, lo and behold, I had the good fortune of stumbling on the WAOB uh, Audio Theatre. I had the wonderful opportunity to work with Tom and Gretlin and John, just extremely top-notch professionals. And once again, because of the pandemic, I've not been out to the studios to record probably since February But just the other day, we did a a remote recording session. And um, so at least I've had the opportunity to keep involved with the WAOB Audio Theater in that way. So it's it's been a really, really uh, wonderful experience. I'm uh, always super impressed with the caliber of the program, the high level of professionalism of the folks at WAOB. And, uh, I just can't wait to get back out and see them in person again.
0: (laughs) Well, I think they, they will be happy to get back into the studio themselves and be able to meet everyone again and work together in person. Uh, but I know that they have been excited to be able to continue the remote work with those who have been available. Yes. Um, I want to go back to something that you were talking about because I think it was it was really a great note that you said you were talking about the investment in the studios at at Carnegie and the exacting standards and you know I'm glad to hear that because it would be really easy just to say hey here's um here's a computer here's a cheap microphone can you read us a book read us a story and we'll kind of put it up there but to know that there is care and concern uh, and attention to detail the way you noted into those recordings. That's a that's a good sign for voiceover and for the good work that people like you are doing, I think. Yes. Um, now, you haven't been around uh, WAB Audio Theatre too terribly long, but you've been around a reasonable amount of time, kind of over the past year, I'd say. Is that fair? A
1: couple years, yeah. A uh-huh. couple years, okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and you've got some recordings to your name, and you've got, I'm looking just at your list here we've got uh one of your first ones was the may magnificat yes. then we have the sphinx the gratefulness uh the elves and the shoemaker you were in our uh episode our christmas carol which uh-huh. was our four-part series and uh-huh. uh so you've done uh you've done a bit of work here and i'm curious as to if you've had one that you have enjoyed being a part of so far the most
1: oh wow uh all, I'm going to really wimp out here, Albert. Okay. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All right, uh, that's fair. Yeah, uh, really, uh, again, uh, Gretlin and the staff um, do, in my opinion, an absolutely superb job of not only producing uh, these short stories and these poems, but also selecting them, like The remote recording session, uh, we worked on um, a a little short story called The Coming of the King by Laura E. Richards. Um, Basically, the story involves children who had a playground that was very, very messy, and they heard that the king was coming. And so they wanted the king to be impressed if he looked over the fence into their playground. And so they went to great lengths to clean up uh, the playground and get it all neat and tidy. So my initial impression of this story was that it involved, like, say, for example, the King of England riding through town, a monarch. Sure, yep. In working with John, uh, John pointed out to me that well, he said, if you know anything about Laura E. Richards, she is a very prolific uh, Christian uh, writer. And his interpretation was that what Laura really had in mind when she wrote The Coming of the King was not so much a monarch, but the coming of Christ,
0: right? the coming of Jesus. Right, right.
1: and. It's like, John, I never really thought of it that way. And Albert, I'll tell you, it was like, once he pointed that out to me and gave me that slightly different slant, that like totally changed my approach to my narration of the poem or of the short story, I should say. I just somehow felt more inspired. Knowing that I was doing a work that was really talking about the coming of Jesus and not the coming of a, a worldly king, mm-hmm. um, so that just gives you an idea of the the uh, the caliber of the staff uh, that you have out there at the audio theater.
0: Well, we uh, we appreciate your your kind thoughts towards us. We definitely yes. try to keep things high caliber, as you say.
1: Yes, very much
0: so no uh tony we're we're coming up here on the back end of the show, but I want to okay. ask you a question. Yes. Do you think that things like the stories and poems and other work that audio theaters doing, do you think those type of works have of importance uh, for people who maybe who don't have any other way to uh ingest sort of you know uh stories?
1: Oh, most, most assuredly, sure. I think what the audio theater uh, provides really is something for all ages. Um, uh, from what I've seen, um, uh, the productions obviously range from young children's productions uh, up to uh, senior age adults. And, uh, and I think as we move forward with technology, If anything, it's going to continue to play an even larger role uh, in giving people uh, an added way of being exposed to good literature. Sad to say, uh, it seems like people simply don't have the time these days. Well, maybe with the pandemic, we have a little more time. Sure,
0: Um, sure, right.
1: But (laughs) if you think about it, Albert, I think leading up to the pandemic, basically, How often would you hear people say, I don't have time to read a good book? And that's really sad. But um, resources like the audio theater uh, provide people with an alternative means of being exposed to great works, uh, poetry, short stories, plays and all of it. So I just really hope that the program continues to grow and expand.
0: Well, we most certainly hope that it does as well. And as long as we continue to have good uh, volunteers such as yourself giving of their time and their talent, I think that there's a many years to come for audio theater.
1: Yes, uh, we certainly hope and pray so.
0: Tony, uh, Tony, Tony ladies and gentlemen, from finance to book, audio books to audio theater. uh, Thanks so much for being with us. It was great to talk with you.
1: Thank you for having me, Albert. Same here.
0: Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear the recordings that Tony has taken part in, you can go to our website, waobaudiotheater.org, click on the contributor bios, and find, uh, find Tony's picture. He's the one with the dolphin, and, uh, <laughs> and so it should be easy to find. And you can click on the works that he's done And don't forget also to visit us at our YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. And I hope you continue to tune in to our podcast. As always, thanks so much for listening wherever you are. Take care, be safe, and we will catch you next time on The Table of Content.